podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a signed Mikhail Antonio shirt complete with frame with an inbuilt TV and LED lights. Tickets are just £7.95 each and just 99 tickets will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Wednesday night, so you have to be quick on this one. And the draw is made an hour later live on their Facebook page. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from Paolo Di Canio. Declan Rice, Saeed Benrahma and Vladimir Souffal up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. West Ham have started the season in near-perfect fashion and go into the first international break on a massive high. Unbeaten in three, a win in our only away game, an opening day win for the first time in six years, thrashing a Europa League rival in Leicester and scoring a mammoth 10 goals in the process. The bubble threatened to burst on Saturday afternoon when a two-all draw at home to Crystal Palace left everyone feeling a little bit flat. But there was a pragmatic attitude where I was sat and in the pub after. So overall, positive vibes. And in another pleasant surprise, we've only gone and signed some players. Kurt Zuma has arrived from Chelsea. Uh, Alex Kroll we're expecting imminently as we record the podcast. And Nikola Vlasic put pen to paper this morning. Uh, we're actually being linked with a couple more as well as West Ham hurtle headlong into our first ever Europa League group game. Dynamo Zagreb, Rapid Vienna and Genk away and it's pl- pretty flipping hard not to feel happy as a hammer at the moment and I'm delighted to say that I am joined by two of my favourite hammers, James Jones and Reese Bayliss. James, you first. Are you a happy hammer? And did you think that Crystal Palace was the best atmosphere of any football match in any stadium ever in the history of football and the world? Yeah, I'm right, mate. Um, not not too in, not too impressed with your really shabby banter to kick that off. It's, it's um, <laughs> so I mean, I thought it was good good atmosphere actually. To be fair, Do you know, one one thing I, I was quite impressed with. It's just something that we were a little bit worried about last season when we we're doing well in empty stadiums. Was you know what happens when we concede. Um, are the fans going to get on the team's back a little bit? Is it going to change the way the team play? And um, both goals, the the fans rallied behind the players, which, you know, absolutely they should have done. Um, but there was that slight worry as a few people going, oh, you know, what, when we go 1-0 down, it'll all change. The fans will get on the players' backs as, as, we've, as we've done in the past. And it's always been quite rightly so as well. But this time the... The fans recognised that you know there wasn't there wasn't a, a bad performance per se. It was just um, Palace grew into the game, so it was a good 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 atmosphere all round, I think, mate. But it, it wasn't anywhere near Monday night's number one spot for best atmosphere <laughs> since we moved in. You got Reese. We'll say that you in a minute, James. You did get a little bit. You got a few nibbles, didn't you, on on Twitter? People were not liking yeah. your shout about that Leicester game. 
Yeah, everyone for some reason everyone sided with you, which which really really offended me more. To be <laughs> yeah. fair, I was like, why are you siding with him for? Like, I'm having that. Yeah, no, I did have a couple of uh, couple of soldiers leap to my defence, which I was absolutely delighted by. Reese, good to see you again, mate. Your first full two hour show with us on the We Are West Ham podcast. Um, Crystal Palace hadn't scored all season, so obviously they uh, they bagged two against us. How's things, mate? What did you make of the game? Yeah, well, good. Thank you, mate. Um, yeah, another one of them games where could have should have been out of sight in the first half, in my opinion. Could have easily have lost it at the end of the second half. So, you know, I think in the end, probably we would have all taken a point. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more later on, but I thought we looked a bit leggy in the game. I did think some players were very off. I'm not having a massive dig out as running in three games of the season, but... Um, mm. You know, like I think soon check out. Yeah, yeah, that's it straight away. <laughs> um, but you know, I think the having a bit of a break now will give certain players a bit of a chance to unwind. I know a lot of them are on international breaks, and hopefully, with some new signings, we can uh, start well at Southampton after the break. <laughs> it's funny, though, isn't it? Three games into the season, we're going, cool, yeah, this international break's come at a good time. Give them all a rest, <laughs> they must be knackered. <laughs> Um, James, three, uh, three, three games completely unbeaten, uh, an away win, which is is decent, obviously, especially you know winning on the first game for the first time in six years, beating Leicester at home. I think surely all of us would have snapped you anyone's hand off who was offering seven points from the first three games, would they not? Oh, mate, yeah, yeah. When the fixture list came out, I think we were we were all happy that we didn't get one of the top six clubs in the first game, but um, we all saw that that opener against Newcastle was a bit of a, a bit of a difficult one given our record up there, but um, got the win there and again, Leicester are no mugs, are they? So, to manage to thrash them as well and I think that's probably what led to a little bit more disappointing than, than perhaps they would normally be with the draw against Palace because we'd beaten, we'd won two very difficult fixtures. Okay, I mean, it's only Newcastle, people would say. Newcastle away has never been too kind to us. So, um, but yeah, you would have looked at those first three before the season started and said seven points. Yeah, I'll snap your hand off for it. So, um, yeah, it'd been a really, really positive start. Yeah, delighted. Um, I was, I say, you, you mentioned the stadium there, and I, I do, I totally agree with what you said after both Palace's goals went in. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, there was a little bit of like gesticulation from the players to get the fans going, but I feel like it was led by the fans in the yeah. stadium. Um, I think there's there's the players have earned that really, haven't they? They've earned that. Um, certainly last season we came back from a lot of sticky situations, um, and I think yeah, a little bit of combined with being back in the stadium, and I think the fans. You almost felt like they were doing it to prove a point to anyone who'd suggested that was going to happen, um, that they're doing it to prove a point. I think I, I'll be honest. I don't think it would necessarily last because I think if you put those. Um, those two goals, particularly the second one, it's just frustrating, isn't it? When you go two one up, which was a bit against a runner play as well, it wasn't like we deserved that second goal. You sort of want immediate, like right, five minutes, ten minutes, sharp shot, but just and it was like that straight away. Uh, and I think you know if that happens a few more times, or perhaps it's a bit later on in the season, um, I do think that's because there was a few grumbles. I don't know about where you were sat, Jonesy, but um. There were a few grumbles around me and you sort of thought, oh, and it had the, 
<laughs> you, I, I know what you mean. As it was two all, I think everyone kind of right. You got away with one there. If they'd have scored the third, I reckon it would have absolutely erupted. I think. I think a lot of that was just born out of the fact that, given how well we did in the first two games, I think a lot of fans were, were expecting another sort of four or five goal yeah. pull. Um, and then it, it became clear, particularly at the beginning of the second half, that that wasn't going to be the case. Um, so then when you you, you lose a, a second lead seconds after you take take the lead, it's going to be grumbles. You're going to be disappointed because you, you've rocked up there at three o'clock in the afternoon expecting to see four or five goals and happy days, maximum points. But yeah, I think I don't think the fans, in hindsight, were that disappointed no. given the fact that we've won the previous two. Yeah, as I mentioned, very pragmatic feel uh, in the stadium and in the pub after the game. Uh, Reese, the obviously we've made some signings. Worth noting that we're recording this or we start the recording just before seven o'clock on Tuesday night. So by the time we wrap up, where Alex Kroll hasn't been announced yet. Um, just I am calling him his right. His name is Alex, isn't it? I'm not just making it yep. up out of nowhere. <laughs> um, Alex Kroll hasn't been announced yet, but we're expecting that to happen during the podcast recording. So obviously if there's any very, very late moves um, that we miss on the show, we apologise, but uh, we'll do our best. Reese, the, the transfer so far, we made a point, the last few weeks on the podcast and uh, last week when you were here of saying, look, it's it's too early to, you know, loads of people and fans were getting so angry already at their lack of signing. We were worried. Let's not pretend we weren't. We were concerned. But since our last podcast, Kurt Zuma, Nikola Vlasic and uh, Alex Kroll. So that's a, a centre-back, which we desperately needed, an attacking midfielder slash striker in, in Vlasic, I believe he can play both and then Kral if that gets over the line in the centre-back position which we all agreed we needed as well um, what have you made that so far and, and sort of you know what you what have you made of the, the transfer business since last week um, I think the Zoom signing especially I think he proved that on Saturday uh, you know I was very unsure like a lot of fans when we got Dawson turned out to be very good last season you know a couple of times Saturday I think it was it was shown that we need Someone a bit more pace. I know he's very much he'll get his head on anything, he'll clear anything. Um, so to get that one over the line again, I thought it was going to be a bit of a a bit of a last minute sort of change that he wouldn't come to us. Um, so that's for me. That's been a, that's been a good signing. Again, I know he's had injury problems, but you know I think a lot of players that that we're on, I think like it's natural now. All players have had sort of niggles, haven't they? So um, the, the lad Vlasic. Don't really know a lot about him, to be honest. Um, right. I've got if, some, if, I'll reel off some stats for you later, mate. Do not worry yeah, about that. I mean, you know, you've got to see if Moyes can, you know, his, his first sort of time at the club when he turned on Outovich into a centre forward. He's done a bit with Antonio as well. So maybe that's his thinking. Um, I will be quite surprised if we don't get a striker in, but. Mm. You know, a lot of people have said we've got to, we've got to trust what Moise is doing. I know, obviously, there'll be that thing against the board regarding money and things like that. But you know, if we can get certainly if we can get that crowd and maybe a striker mm. with the goalkeeper and Zuma, I think that's been a half decent window. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, twenty nine million on Kurt Zuma. I think the um, the Vlasic deal is twenty seven. I think just under twenty seven, raising. To, sorry, about twenty five million. I think rising to uh, thirty three if all the add ons are hit. So you know, anyone sort of 
um, going after the board for for the money side of things. Best part of sixty million quid there, plus a little bit more. That that sort of argument is has gone out the window for this transfer window for sure. Um, lads, the Europa League draw as well happened in the week. Just some immediate reaction to that. Dynamo Zagreb, Rapid Vienna and Genk are our opponents. We kick off away to Dynamo Zagreb. Jones, you get you first. Um, wasn't it just brilliant being in the draw, first of all? And uh, how do you feel about those teams being our opponents? Oh, it was great, wasn't it? Um, watching it, it was like every time they mentioned our name, Oh, oh, yeah, that's us. That's us. Yeah, that's that's West Ham. That's us. Um, and then in typical West Ham fashion, we were the last ball to be picked out of the park, weren't we? Which I was like, oh, come on, like, I want to see us on the little card that they hold up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a good draw. I think, I think we've we've got quite a favorable draw, really, on paper. If you look at like Leicester's, Leicester's draw, for, for example, um, mm. we've got I think, three teams that we've got. I think you'd look at it and go, you know, we've got a good chance of getting out of this group. Because we could have drawn some much harder opposition, mm. um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm I'm very very pleased with it, and just can't wait to get to that first game now. Yeah, absolutely. The 16th September, Reese. Were you one of those people who were hoping for? Uh, I know we got put in separate pots, so we couldn't got a few of the bigger teams, Marseille and Sevilla and all, Sevilla and all that. But were you the one of the ones hoping for a? For a Napoli or for a Marseille beforehand, or because I, I think I, I didn't realise that I was until I saw uh, obviously who we ended up getting, and then it sort of only dawned on me then. It's like, oh, actually, no, that is good because we could actually get through the group rather than just taking it like the novelty, as I think I was inadvertently before. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone would want a big side just to experience it at a game. If you mm. know, it's. You know, we haven't had we have these friendlies at the start of the season, which you know over the years we've played some big sides. So, you know, I think if we were going to have a big side in, it wouldn't be good. I think, you know, I was I was one of them fans a bit. First of all, it was like where where are we going in Europe? It weren't even mm. who we were playing. Was it, it was like, <laughs> what, what are the destinations? Then obviously when we got the three teams, you know, I think there was a lot, especially on obviously on Twitter, there was a lot of people that said. You know, we've got a big chance here of progressing. So, mm. uh, I think it's only going to be good for the players to play, not say lesser teams, but to, it must give them a bit of a boost that we've got half a chance. Um, you know, we'll probably play six loose, you know, knowing us. But, um, you know, it's going to be, be that'll be the first one at home, especially be a, a superb night. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's exciting stuff. I've already done my uh, three tickets for 85 quid, the little package that the club offered out. So that's good stuff. Look, that's a bit of an extended intro. We've got a whole podcast to do tonight. So uh, good to catch up with you, get the uh, immediate reaction on the the events of the week or the main things that have happened since we last spoke. A little bit of housekeeping briefly before we move on. You can follow the We Are West Ham podcast on Twitter at We Are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram at We Are West Ham pod. Facebook, just search We Are West Ham podcast. The same on YouTube. And you can, of course, email us at We Are West Ham pod at gmail.com. If you fancy it, uh, you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham if you so wish and uh, the links to all the ways you can follow and contact and support the we are west ham podcast are included in the description to this podcast so just scroll up on that and you'll find all 
all those if you need to just to let you know what is coming up on the show tonight we'll have some reaction more in detail reaction to that crystal palace draw tool at london stadium on saturday three o'clock kickoff though um which i think a lot of people were enjoying the europa league draw of course as well we'll go into that we'll have the betway charity bets no selections this week as it of course is the international break but we will have a look back and review what's happened with those Palace bets. Uh, we will, for the first time in absolutely ages, have a transfer section. We don't normally because uh, we're not ones to just, or just don't like the rumours. And to be honest, most of this summer, there hasn't been many. Uh, we haven't really been linked with anyone, but we're doing a transfer section tonight. We'll have a look at those three new signings or the two definite new signings, the third one that we're hoping to get. Um, we'll have a little chat about any rumours that might be sealed, um, signings that might be done by the time this podcast goes out. We've got our first West Ham women section of the season. The girls opened their campaign at home to Brighton on Sunday. So we'll have Catherine Bat from the Daily Mail to join us for that, which is exciting. And then, of course, we will say goodbye for another week and get some final thoughts from the lads. So you've got all of that, starting with the Palace reaction, coming up next. Crystal Palace, 1-0 up, 1-0, 2-1 up, 2-0. It had the feeling of a very West Ham of old game, shall we say. We've mentioned it a few times. James, you particularly have, have noted how there's a change in mentality under David Moyes, it seemed, last season. Whenever we went behind in a game or were pegged back at all, there was almost no effect on the players, which is is such a huge change at a, a club like ours. We're so used to it in years gone past, aren't we? Of conceding one, that's it, the heads go down. And before you know it, you've conceded three and the game's over 40 minutes into the game. It didn't happen um, as much at the weekend. I thought it was, I'll be honest, so I was working on Saturday uh, nearby. So I only got into the stadium uh, about 20 minutes into the game. So I missed the first 20. Uh, I saw I saw all the goals, which was handy. But the tail end of the first half, it seemed really good. Um, my dad said, um, who I sat next to, he just said, I hadn't missed much before I got there. We were easing our way into the game a little bit. And then obviously it sort of exploded from then on, really. Uh, as always, I do the, the positives and negatives from the game we scored two again which is obviously brilliant that going forward would look really really dangerous and it was the same again on Saturday even on a so-called off day Michael Antonio obviously brimming with confidence uh, just like all the other forward players bit of a cliche uh, James I'll start with you but it's a game of two halves as such because in reality I think the draw was a completely fair result uh, we were the better team in the first half they were the better team in the second you know if anything I walked away at the end of it more relieved we didn't lose rather than disappointed we didn't win. Yeah, I think I think looking back on it, um, a point was probably a fair result. When it, you know, I know as said it's a cliche game of two halves, but it actually was. Hmm. I thought we were well worth go, going in the break one nil. Um, they when they got the equaliser, they were just growing into it. Um, sloppy goal to concede, um, and then as you, as we've already established earlier on, you know, we we, we got back got back ahead against the run of play. Um so yeah, I mean they, they, I think Palace were well well worthy of their of their point. I thought Conor Gallagher obviously got his two goals, but he was so good in the second half of them. Like mm. so, so effective. And um and yeah, walked away and just thought, well, if only had uh, Ben Rama got on the end of that that 
counter-attack right to death because um, from where we were sitting, yeah, yeah. Like he, was, he looked like he was going to get on the end of it. We thought he was on the end of it. Mm. And the angle we had, we were like, how on earth has he not got there before the keeper? Yeah, um, no. We were, we were I saw it, and as soon as it left Antonio's foot, I was just furious immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, from where we were, because it was kind of we were behind it. We thought, oh, he's going to score here. We were pretty much up in the air celebrating. Couldn't believe it. But shirts off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, frustrating to get on the end of that, but at the same time, it was probably a fair point, and uh, at least it wasn't a defeat, like you said. Yeah, no, nah, you definitely can't blame Ben Rama for that one. It's just Antonio like shinning it at him because he, <laughs> he was dead <laughs> by that stage. Reese, are you um are you able to sort of stay pragmatic about it, or do you think you know what? Ultimately, as I've said countless times on this show before, when you go two one up, particularly the second one, sort of a bit further into the game, we could tell that we weren't playing well. Are you annoyed that at that stage we weren't able to hold on to it and that we conceded straight away, or do you just shrug and like we're doing, just try and stay pragmatic? Um, to be honest, mate, I think that's isn't that the saying in football? You, you know, you're at your most dangerous, uh, vulnerable. Sorry, when you've when you've just scored. Um, yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, you know, it, it, we've seen it happen a lot over the years at West Ham, and I think as well, going what you're saying about. A draw being a fair result. I think if we hadn't have had the start that we had, there probably would have been a lot more people who would have been disappointed with that result. Um, you know, but as I mentioned at the start, we could have easily have lost it. So, mm. you know, for me, yeah, if, if we'd, it would have been nice to have got that second goal before half time, um, just to try and give us a little bit of a cushion. So then he could maybe make some subs. But yeah, I think all in all, um, a draw was quite fair. And we do, we do. I think I picked up on it last week about, you know, we do seem to struggle at home to Palace. Mm. Oh, yeah, I know. They're just such an awkward, horrible team, aren't yeah, they? I don't know whether it's the set-up. You know, players like that Jordan Ayew, he turns into, like, prime George Weird, doesn't he, against us? And, <laughs> you know, so... Uh, but, yeah, can't be can't be too disappointed. We will always pick holes in it, but, you know, it, it's something that I think... What I like is we're always on the front foot. We're always looking to score... You know, I was on the other side of the the pass from Antonio, and the goalkeepers read that straight away. What's that? The Antonio pass. Yeah, yeah. Goalkeepers just read that. He could could tell exactly what he was going to do. And it was unlucky. That would have been a good way to finish it off. Yeah, that would. I mean, yeah, that would have absolutely erupted if that had gone in. Uh, James, the negatives I put down uh, for the game. Suchek probably had his worst game at West Ham. Craig Dawson's legendary run in the team seems to be coming to an end. He sort of seems to be pulling a Balbuena, doesn't he, and showing, oh, yeah, after one well-decent season, bursting onto the scene, yeah, this is why we only paid three million quid. Conor Gallagher, who was brilliant, by the way, he looks an absolute diamond in there I thought he was just going to be another Chelsea player who they who we never see again and even if he doesn't make it a Chelsea they've obviously got some world-class midfielders he'll uh he'll certainly be an established Premier League player I'd have thought but you know those goals were virtually identical weren't they against Dawson he had a couple of ones where he looked a bit uneasy on the ball and you just thought oh, here we go um and obviously yeah we couldn't keep things tight after getting an undeserved second lead uh is there anything out of that um, I'm throw it to you, Jonesy, that, that you sort of want to pick up on out of all that, or um, you know, is, is there the positives you want to focus on? I mean, I'd rather focus on the positives, but um, 
you can't get no, away I'll tell you what then. I'll tell you what, we'll ignore that. Right, you've got Said Ben Rama looking class again. Mikhail Antonio, again, unstoppable. Um, and yeah, so p- pick one of those for, if you want go positive vibes. We'll go, I mean, Ben Rama was class again. Um, he was like, every time he gets on the ball, you just feel like he's going to do something, which is kind of what we what we were hoping to see of, of him last season. I know we didn't get the minutes. We've touched on that previously, but it just if it does feel like I think Tony Cotty said he felt like he was going to be our next Dimitri Payet. Then he a couple mm. of weeks ago, and I don't get the exact same buzz when Ben Rama gets on the ball, but he ain't far off it. If I'm honest, mm. it's you know every time he gets it, you know you wonder what he's going to do with it. And I think the more game time he gets, I think that's just going to continue getting better and better and better. He's going to, his confidence is going to keep going. Um, what the arrival of Lasic does to to his game time, I don't know. Because they do, play in, you, they you do. Can't. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I'd make Vlasic work to get in the team. Hmm. Um, or if you're going to play him as a false nine or whatever, I don't know. But that means you've got to drop Antonio. So I don't know how he's going to do that. So it's it's a difficult one. I'd make Vlasic fight for his place because Ben Rama absolutely deserves to be in there, and and I think Ben Rama can continue to improve. I don't think we're seeing the best of him at the moment, which is quite scary when you think about it, given given how well he's well he's done over the last few weeks in particular. So, yeah, he's class, and um, just want to want to see him continue to improve because I, I really mm. I, I think everyone's talking about Antonio is going to going to be one of our top scorers this year and I wouldn't put it past him but I think Ben Rama might be up there as well I think he, I think he could net te- between 10 and 15 this season well that would be quite something we haven't had a striker do that for about 500 no. years have we so that's it. Nice. I, I can see it coming <laughs> definitely Reese, you'll have to do you'll have to do the negative one then because we can't ignore it Thomas Suchet I thought he was he was re- again not going to lay into him but I honestly I thought he was ill or something because I thought he was miles off it. He was just, the game almost sort of passed him by. He didn't do much on the ball, not that he does loads, but he seemed low energy. Few people sort of having a pop at, at Declan, but I thought he was having to do a job for two people, which is why he perhaps looked a little bit off it as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't honestly can't remember Suchek having a worse game for us. Same from where you were sat. Yeah, as I said earlier, I think he, they, a lot of them just look very leggy. Um I know uh, David Moyes was blaming the pitch at one point, wasn't he? Because it weren't it weren't watered <laughs> enough, so we couldn't get it, get it around the Premier pitch. League quality. Yeah, I mean, so um, yeah, he it wasn't one of his best games, but you know, he won't become a bad player overnight. Um, you know, it might again with it. It's just uh, off the bench again. You know, you're looking at that when it gets to two, or when you're looking at the bench and thinking. Yeah, I know Lanzini's obviously been okay. Yarmolenko gets five minutes here and there. But, you know, that was the other bit that I was like, it can't be changed up enough to mm. to potentially go on and win it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I thought their, their midfield did get better, certainly second half. Yeah, yeah, I thought, honestly, I really did think a lot of that kind of Gallagher. It was funny, wasn't it? Um, Yarmolenko comes on. Right at the end, cuts him from the left and then realised he wasn't wearing a Ukraine shirt. So, like, <laughs> belted it over the bar rather than bending it in uh, the top corner. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. You had a few people having a go at Moyes saying, I oh, left the subs too late. Well, you might as well not do them because, like you say, the, those players bringing on can't affect the game. And what you're saying there, Jonesy, about Vlasic, even if he's not, like, I definitely agree with you on not 
you know, getting a start straight away, earn your place. And that's what he's going to be good for in certainly in the short term, isn't it? Is when it comes mm. to the end of the games that were perhaps that are a bit sticky, he's going to be the one that gets thrown on before Yarmolenko and before Lanzini, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's exciting, lads. I was going to cover it in the the transfer bit, um, you know. No, the the Craig Dawson situation. We've obviously signed Zuma, but I think it's worth worth covering it now. James has touched on it quickly, uh, but Reese, the, the Dawson, the Dawson thing, it, it it sort of feels like it's done, doesn't it? Now, because uh, a few people saying, "Oh, he's a bit shaky at the end of last season as well," which potentially I know the Newcastle game he was dodgy. I didn't notice it overly, other than that, but. You sort of feel that the as glorious as it was and as a cult hero as he's become, and rightfully so, you sort of we feel like we've already earned our money out of him, and and you know Zuma will come straight in, surely. Yeah, I mean he's he's certainly he's certainly earned his move to the club. Um, you know, he when he come, like I said earlier, I, when he come in, I was very unsure. Um, but he, everyone was, mate, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, you know, but in the last, I was actually going to praise him um, at the back end of last week's pod um, because after that Newcastle game, he was getting a bit of a hammering um, mm. on Twitter, and I thought the Leicester game, I thought he he was he was good against up against Hardy. Mm. I think obviously we do lack that at the back, as I sort of mentioned. So hopefully Zuma will come in, partner up with Bonner, um, and hopefully they'll hit it off straight away. The one thing I will say is. You will know if Dawson does come on, you know, he's going to give 110%. And he's, I, I don't think he's the sort of fella that's going to be doing anything less in training. Um, there may be someone like a Diop might. Hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it's so, you know, I think we will always have that to rely on him. But yeah, I, you know, I, he might be used in Europe and things like that. But um, certainly it showed Saturday that we did. Yeah. Certainly it showed Saturday that we do, we did need reinforcements at centre-half. Again, we have needed that for two years. So Yeah. yeah. Don't you think, James, that he'll already have played so much more than he ever thought he was going to? And that last season would just be a massive bonus for him. So the idea, perhaps, of, of stepping out the squad now, I, not that it'll be easy, because I'm sure when he strikes me as a sort of bloke, he's probably loved it and wants to be in there every week. But I, I can't imagine for a second that he thought he would have played the amount of games he has until now when he signed. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we spoke about it last year and he, before he'd even Took made his debut. Took him ages to get in as well, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I so, mean, he, yeah. was, he was barely even making the bench at one point. Exactly. And I, I remember saying, so what's the point of him being at the club? He might just get rid of yeah, it. You hated him, didn't you? You sort of get him I mean, out I, in I January, mean, I mean, hate, a waste hate, of space. Hate is a strong word, Will, if I'm honest, mate, but... <laughs> Um, I did wonder why he was there. I was like, well, if he's not even going to be on the bench, then why have you landed? Sack the board, get him out while they signed yeah. him. Yeah, but then a he's week never going to play for my club. <laughs> a week later, he makes his debut, and then we keep four clean sheets in a row, and then suddenly he's a cult hero. Um, <laughs> Virgil so, I mean, Dawson. Yeah, so so yeah, he, he's definitely played more than he would have thought, and probably the club, David Moyes would have thought as well. See, with injuries to to Ogbonna kind of led led to him coming into the club uh, into the team in the first place. So. So yeah, now he's he's deservedly so kept his place, but then obviously Bazuma arriving, it just gives us it, it it improves the the one 
weak link, and that's no disrespect to Dawson, but the one sort of weak link in that, in that starting, that strong starting eleven that we've got, um, just strengthens us a little bit more. So I think, as as you've already said, I think he'll he'll quite happily step aside, knowing that you know he's he's played more than he would have done, and he's a he's not a bad backup to have as he chaps, you know, to, to, to be able to call upon if you need him. Um, so no. yeah, I think he'd be happy. We're happy, and um, yeah, looking forward to seeing Zuma play. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good, mate. I'm looking forward to that. And like Reese has said already, different defender for sure, a lot more pace. Um, probably not not one to shirk, but yeah, he won't be putting his head in perhaps as much as as much as where Dawson would like. But um, yeah, overall, I think a good attitude that most of the fans have got towards that Palace game. Just hope we can pick up the momentum after the international break, but unbeaten is fantastic. Just that um, last little bit then on the Europa League draw. Are you backing us, Reese, to get out of that group uh, with the teams we've mentioned? Um, do you think we, we can do it? Because I'm not being funny. If you just look at purely on wage budgets alone, of that of those clubs that we're we're coming up against, you're not there. All of them, bar none, are going to be smaller than ours, aren't they? I know you get Genk in the Champions League every now and then, once in a blue moon or the qualifiers or whatever. Um, but ultimately, you'd like to think that that we've got enough to at least get through in second, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, I think we've got to be looking at taking maximum points from the home games that we have. Um, mm. And then see what it's like abroad. I mean, some of them players probably wouldn't have played in certain atmospheres, especially in like Zagreb and things like that. Obviously, the Czech boys and the people that, have, that are international will know a bit more about playing in that sort of environment. But uh, I'd be disappointed if we don't if we don't certainly finish second, if not mm. top, um, because. But the only the only thing is obviously depending on the squad. Because you know that can obviously that could hit us pretty hard as soon as possible, couldn't it? So, um, but certainly I think we'll get through. Yeah, yeah. I've looking the other day, James, as well. We've got a couple of rank post Europa fixtures as well, haven't we? We've got both the Manchester sides. Every single um, one, I think, isn't it? We've had a top six yeah. club after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, there is a bit of a concern there as far as how it's going to affect our league form, but there's no way you're going to hear me moaning about that this season with West Ham in the Europa League. Uh, it's still yet to be decided. Now, I'll double check this because I don't want to get it wrong, but as far as I'm aware, it's still yet to be decided or confirmed by UEFA whether away fans are going to be allowed. I believe they're still waiting for a decision on that one. Uh, I don't know if you two have seen any difference so far. Tomorrow. Coming tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Yeah. On the first, yeah. yeah. I read that it was, uh, it was coming tomorrow. So. Right, okay. Yeah, so obviously there there are fans who've, who've booked flights already. Um, uh, Vienna, I fancy. I mean, I was looking at Zagreb the other day. That's probably going to be a little bit too quick of a turnaround if we get to go ahead. Um, but, Jonesy, anyone you particularly like the look of? Belgium's a drive, isn't it? Belgium's a drive. Nice little jet over yeah, to Vienna. Yeah, lovely job. No, I'm looking at I'm looking at Vienna. Um, all my mates have pretty much booked their flights to Vienna already. Zagreb was was too soon to to do, but I've held mm. off on booking my flights just yet, just in case they turn around and go, no, you can't you can't travel. And I just like mm. my mates have gone. Well, I think they picked their flights up for like forty quid at the time, and they were like, yeah. well, if I lose forty quid, lose forty quid. But I thought I'm going to hold off. Um, so I'm going to be keeping an eye out tomorrow and obviously if we can go then I'll be booking up those flights I'll probably end up having to pay a little bit more than 40 quid but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but at the end of the day like, I just didn't really fancy wasting 40 quid if I didn't need to so 
we'll see how we get on. But that's mm. the one. If if I'm if you know if, if I'm going to pick that one out of the three, then it's definitely that one. Well, Reese, we've um, we've got a bit of history of uh, of all piling into a limo for away games. Fancy a Hummer limo to Genk? Hummer to Genk. Well, I don't know. I don't think we probably get out of the country, would we? Before we turn around and go back home. Um, you know, I mean, they, they're nice and they're not all nice and sort of, but they're relatively straightforward to get to. Um, so yeah, I, I, if if I was going to try and go to one, I probably would try and go to Zagreb. Mm. Um, but you know, yeah, you're right. Vienna, um, I think, is probably going to be the one in it. So I have to see what what happens tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed for that one because it'd be one of them, like bit like when we finished third in '86, and then uh, there was a European ban, wasn't there? So we didn't get to play in the European Cup. Then it'd be a shame if it's not, you know, what all of us fans want it to be. And you know, having a horde of West Ham fans in and away and in the European Stadium is a big part of what it's it's all about as well. So fingers crossed that gets sorted, and we'll look out for that announcement from UEFA tomorrow. But yeah, massively confident that. Um, all of that stuff aside and trying not to treat it like a like a novelty like I clearly was. You know, there is a competition there to be won. And uh, if we come first, then could end up being one of the Champions League dropouts. And there's some absolute... I mean, Liverpool's group, uh, Liverpool, Atletico, Porto and AC Milan, isn't it? I mean, one of those teams is guaranteed. I, I was, I was looking at how it worked. And if you win the group, you go straight into the last 16. That's it, yeah. So you miss, you you miss second, the... Uh, it's, it's, if you go second, you do like a, a little playoff. Last 32, but um, with a Champions yeah. League dropout, yeah. Yeah, and then if you finish third, you're straight into the last 16 of the Conference League. So mm. um, they, they try and keep you in it for as long as possible, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if we if we win it, straight into the last 16 of, of the Europa League sounds, sounds pretty lovely. Serious question then before we move on. If you come third, would you... Would you rather come third or would you rather drop out completely? Go in the Conference League. Come third. Yeah. European like, football, man. Yeah. Like we've, how long has it been since we got into this situation? Like, and yeah, then, yeah, good, good. I'm glad. Like, you can't turn your nose up at the Conference League like, like all the other clubs have done. Like, if you but, get in, well, you get in. It's thing, that's the thing, because we've all been ripping Tottenham for it. You sort of you don't want to look too keen on yeah, it. Yeah, but we've you? been ripping Tottenham for it because they keep <laughs> thinking they're the greatest team in the world and they should be in the Champions League every year. They're just the team that thought they deserved to be in the Super League. Yeah, that is true. So, they are top of the league now, aren't they? Which is a little bit frustrating. Had, had to be them that knocked us off, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Well, look, it's exciting stuff, uh, lads. The first game that Dynamo's will grab away Thursday, the 16th of September. So we'll have a lot more chat. Uh, the next couple of weeks. If we can, we'll try and get uh, a Dinamo Zagreb opposition view um, on the podcast, which will be uh, brilliant stuff. So exciting stuff. Good reaction to the Palace there. Not a bad point. Dust ourselves off. Unbeaten into the first international break of the season. Reese says we're desperate for a rest after just three games. And I'm <laughs> desperate for a rest after only two segments of the podcast. Stay with us. Betway Charity Bets next. <laughs> Reasonable result against Crystal Palace. Not quite so reasonable on the Betway charity bets, unfortunately. No winners for the second week 
running. Still a blank score sheet for me and James this season. Reese fortunate to get off the mark in the first week when he wasn't even on the podcast and he managed to bag a winner. Uh, we were a little bit further away this week, lads. It's fair to say. I think me and... Uh, well, I was the only one who actually went for a West Ham win. Uh, my other two elements did come in. I went West Ham win over three and a half goals and Mikhail Antonio any time. So obviously when he bagged the second, I thought oh, we only need one more. And uh, and I am quids in, which would have been good. But yeah, a little bit unfortunate, obviously. Uh, with the Conor Gallagher one, I would have needed another West Ham one anyway. Um, but particularly that when Antonio shinned it in the general direction of Ben Rama right at the end, that would have been lovely stuff indeed. But no luck. James, what did you go for last week? Uh, didn't go for West Ham win, did you? Nah, I went for over three and a half. Uh, ben Rama, two or more goals and Bowen to score assists. So I got the over three and a half. That was 33 to one, by the way. Yeah, that I was a bit was... of a rascal shout, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought, yeah, I fancy that one. But, um, yeah, obviously not. But over three and a half, got one out of three, I'll take it. Yeah, I think we all got a bit giddy, didn't we? Uh, Reese, you, uh, have you got yours in front of you there from last week? Yeah, I've got two out of three this week. So I did over three and a half as well. Uh, both teams to score, which is pretty much a gimme for us, I think, every week. <laughs> yeah. um, and I did do Dawson uh, to score any time, so bit more of a reason for me to be unhappy with him this week as well. Yeah. Did he even cut? I, I don't really remember him even coming close, did he? He might nearly put him for our own net, but I don't remember. No, it was after the, after the Leicester game, the reason why I picked him, because he's always in and about it. Um, but, yeah. We had to, to score like a, a sort of, uh, am I, hang on, am I just going to put my foot in my mouth there? I was going to say, we yet to score direct from a set piece. This season, we've scored 10 goals, so I feel like I'm bound to have missed one in among all that. But if I'm not wrong, um, I know no, Cresswell's no, but... got a couple of decent assists, but no like corners or direct headers from free kicks we've got I so far, so, no. is there? So maybe one of them's in the offing. I'll tell you what, as well, Kurt Zuma was an absolute yeah. demon at Chelsea, wasn't he? I fancy football to gold. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was popping up left, right, and centre, wasn't he? So yeah, I think that would be one. Um, that we should all bear in mind for our charity bets. Just a reminder, of course, that uh, me, James and Reese this season via our charity partnership with Betway get £50 each provided by Betway as a charity stake each week to put on a three-legged West Ham bet of our choice. You've heard our selections for Palace, no selections for next week because it's an international break. But the winnings for any bets um, that we put on each week, any winning bets, of course, go towards the three West Ham charities that we are raising money for. James is playing for the DT38 Dylan Tombidis Foundation. Reese is gunning for Isla's fight this season. And I, of course, am playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. All great causes. Delighted to raise more than £12,500 last season. And we're uh, looking to go again the same. James, what is it on the on the board at the moment? Me and you, three weeks in, uh, no winners. But we've been close. So I don't feel too concerned. Reese got us off the mark um, with his one from the first week when he submitted his... His selection. I don't know if you can remember, uh, Jones, you exactly what it is, but we we all we're not going to be drawing a blank this season, are we? That's for sure. No, definitely not. I'm just pulling it up now. Uh, I think Reese, you won two hundred seventy five quid on that first week. Yeah. So if you if you include Betway matching that, that's what for it's five five fifty. Five hundred fifty quid after three Decent weeks, which is more than we had weeks. after three weeks last week, wasn't it? So um, yeah, happy days. 
Yeah, fingers crossed. And we've got a, a close on a few, so I'm, I'm confident for this for the rest of the season. Just worth noting, of course, that um, as well as trying to raise some money, we do like to raise awareness for all of those three causes. Uh, the causes close to our hearts. Um, and yeah, all three of them, very, very worthy. So if you want to go and check them out, it's DT38, Dylan Tombidi's Foundation, uh, Eyeless Fight, um, and the Bobby Moore Fund. All of them can be found on, on Twitter and online. So uh, yeah, do go and check those out. No selections. Um, for next week but we'll be back as ever uh, ahead of our next Premier League encounter as the boys mentioned earlier against Southampton so keep your ears peeled for those and of course remember when we are back to to picking the bets each week you can back the bets yourself if you like the sound of them on the Betway website and app under pre-built bet selections so that's that for this week. No winners, unfortunately, but we're uh, we're looking good so far this season. Stay with us because for the first time in months, it's the transfer section. I feel like we should have a little fanfare app, boys, because we're doing a transfer section, first of all, for the first time in weeks. The reason we haven't touched it before is because... A lot of it is just hot air, isn't it? Talking about names that we don't really know much about. We could find out about, but frankly, I find it a little bit tiresome uh, <laughs> doing all this research. You know what it was? It was the, uh, is it Maxi Gomez? That was his name, wasn't it? Was he the, uh, the striker we were trying to sign uh, yeah. all that season? Remember, James, me and you in the, the Love Sport Radio studios in Southwark, every Tuesday, I did loads of detailed research on him. You know, how much is he going to cost? What's he going to do for us in the box and all this and that? And it rumbled on and on for weeks, didn't it? And then he just disappeared and, and went to wherever he ended up going to. Is it Valencia he went to or were we trying to sign him from Valencia? I can't remember. He went somewhere else though in Spain, I think. Yeah, I just tried to erase that from my memory anyway. And since then, I thought, oh, that's me done for transfers. <laughs> not, not into this stuff anymore. And my favourite phrase, Josie, as you all know, just... Show me the picture when they're holding the shirt up with the West Ham shirt, the claret blue. Show me it then. Then I'll find out all I need to know about them till then. Not usually that interested. However, this week, thank goodness, we've got not one, but two new signings to talk about. We obviously brought Ariola in earlier in the summer, which was one that puzzled a few fans. But, um, you know, good to have a, have a good backup. And, you know, 1,700 goalkeepers on the books can never be a bad thing, can it? But... Uh, we were all agreed that we need a centre mid, a centre back and a centre forward during this window. And we've certainly pulled in a centre back in Kurt Zuma, deal for just under 30 million quid for the Frenchman from Chelsea. That is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Alex Kroll from Spartak Moscow, I believe, is uh, that one sort of on the verge of being done. We're expecting that to be signed, sealed and delivered tonight. If that all falls through, obviously forgive us when you're listening to the podcast. And Nikola Vlasic signed from CSKA Moscow, Croatian international, um, yeah, attacking midfielder, perhaps slash striker. Perhaps we don't need one of those. But lads, it's good stuff, whatever happens. We were on the verge of... Of, of moaning about it and we were all concerned it's fair to say but we did say look there's plenty of time left it's a slow burning window and West Ham have gone and spent upwards or nearly 60 million quid if all the add-ons and stuff are hit but at least 50 million pounds you know everyone laughing at, uh, at reports from Jim White or whoever saying when David Sullivan come out and said we've got 45 50 million to spend well 
it appears that that some of that money has been spent. I'm not saying it's a perfect window and that we couldn't still do more, but I would say, James, I'll start with you. I, you know, I, it's yeah. great on the pitch at the moment, and I feel reasonable, pretty decent about it. What we've done off the pitch so far. Mate, mate, I think it's it's ended really, really positively over the last what seventy two hours or so. Mm. I will note that's probably because the bar was so low, isn't it? Yeah, that's very other true, than nothing yeah. was quite yeah, yeah. very true. But you, I mean, you've already said that you know there were there were three key positions that we needed to fill. We've definitely well, we've definitely filled one of them. Uh, one looks like it's on its way, should be announced imminently, um, and we've still got the striker to come in. Doesn't know that's going to happen now, but you know, bringing Blasic in does offer you know a possibility of. Um, perhaps Bowen playing playing there a little bit more in Antonio's absence if he gets injured, um, and maybe even Vlasic playing there as a false nine. I don't know. So so far, two confirmed and very very good signings, and um, and if Crow comes in for me, that's that, that looks like it could be another steal. Like you know, I think it was it's twelve million quid. Um, well, it's a loan with a view to buy for twelve million, rising to seventeen. It's a very mm-hmm. similar deal to the Suchek one. Um, he didn't have a great. Uh, he didn't have a great Euros. Didn't no. get many minutes. Um, but People this was, were I mean, expecting more, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this was a deal that we were we were led to believe was done before the Euros had even started. And then um, Spartak said, actually, no, we want to hold off until after the Euros because if he has a blinder, then we could sell him for a little bit more. He didn't have a blinder, and then we thought, well, the deal's gone now because maybe the club had been put off. But looks like they've gone in for him, and it looks like it's going to be a West Ham player and. No, regardless whether we had a bad year or not, I trust I trust David Moyes' judgment here. Absolutely. Mm. And it's in a position that we need to cover for. It's allowed Connor Coventry to go out on loan to Peterborough, mm. get some, you know, much needed first team football, because if Crow didn't come in, then we probably would have needed him as cover. Um so it's it's a good deal around. It's like it's another bit of shrewd business from from David Moyes and if you add Vlasic to and the, the club, get, like I, you know, club, you've yeah. got to say yeah. it. That's thirty yeah, million. It's not David Moyes' money, is it? To be fair, yeah, of course, yeah, absolutely. Um, but then, if you look at the Vlasic and Zuma, the fees that we paid for these two players are a lot less than you would expect given today's market. I mean, Zuma is a Champions League, France international, um, playing for you know the European champions, and he's gone for less than thirty million quid. Yeah, um, Vlasic, the world champions, you know, isn't it? Croatia international. Um, had a very, very good Euros and he's gone for less than 30 million quid. So you, you look at it and go, actually, we've done some incredible business. Um, and, you know, if you if you see a lot of people that, you know, what have seen a lot of Lassic, particularly in the last couple of years, they're going, how have West Ham got this player? You know, he is a really, really exciting, exciting player, but we're led to believe. I, I, haven't, I haven't watched a lot of him. I only remember him for his... You his, not watch much of the Russian flop. Premier League? I, you know, I can't say I do, no, mate. I can't say I do, but um, he's... I, I mean, thought you were a massive Vladivostok fan. He's, he's, yeah. Uh, he, he flopped at Everton, didn't he? But he was quite young then. But he's mm. he's grown into a, a very good player. I was watching some YouTube clips of him earlier. Of course which you is, were. You know, as you do. You know, into the we want a new side. You, YouTube makes anyone look like Lionel Messi, doesn't it? So I thought, well, I'll give that a go. And um, he does look pretty good, actually. So, um, not quite on Messi's level, but he'll do. Nah. Well, 23 years old he is. Like you say, when he was at Everton, he was still a teenager and um, he did struggle. But, you know, whatever. He's 23 years old. He's on a five-year deal. I understand there's an option for an extra year um, at the end of it. 
yeah, I mean, 26 million quid, I believe, is the upfront fee. And uh, understand that it's an extra, can go an extra 7 million um, in if all the add ons and all that sort of stuff are hit. 26 Croatia caps, Croatia, a decent international outfit as well. You've got to be no slouch to get in there. Yeah, and I think in a weird way, you know, I don't want to jump to too soon to speak too soon, but I get the impression that he's, you know, he's an attacking midfielder who slots in to play up front quite comfortably if needed to. And I think that solves that Antonio conundrum to an extent, because let's be honest, we're all screaming for a new striker, weren't we? But similar to Tottenham with Kane, I'm not saying he's as good, obviously, but it's a similar situation, is it? West Ham's a hard sell to a centre forward, isn't it? It's like, mm. oh, do you want to come and play for us? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Who's your striker at the moment? Antonio. Oh, he's brilliant. He gets in all the time, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. How many strikers do you play with? One. All right. So, well, I'm getting in when he's injured, am I? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Although he does get injured loads. But you know what I mean? It's a difficult sell, isn't it? So I think mm. having someone who... Bit, bit of like a Yotta vibes at Liverpool, um, who, you know, can play in that call it a false nine or but basically plays up front uh, or in midfield I, I think that solves that quite nicely I think that could be a really shrewd bit of business um, and we're in a situation where we've got three of those attacking midfield positions as well so you know a little bit of rotation you're not going to upset too many people if they have to miss a game here or there if you rotate out Bowen or Fournells or you know even Ben Rama can move out on the wing it just feels quite fluid um, and I certainly like that that sign. And the Kurt Zuma one already feels like a bit of an old one. I don't know if either you saw it, by the way. Did you see the... Oh, you did, James. I saw it from your Twitter. The video that West Ham posted to announce Zuma was going to play number four with that Absolute sand class. thing. Yeah. Class. That was mind-blowing. I've watched that about 18 times. Yeah, so good. It's Absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't, do go on to West Ham's official Twitter and look at the number reveal. It's like, it's hard to explain, Jones, isn't it? They're like pouring coloured sand yeah. into this bowl and then and managed to draw Zuma's yeah. shirt and shirt number. But yeah, that was, I mean, the level a of detail. Of... They even get like the Premier League badge <laughs> in there on the number and stuff. Scope it's... markets, like, yeah, scope and all yeah. that. Madness. Yeah. Inside of the shirt as well. Yeah. Nice. yeah. I think they did start doing it, to be fair, um, like January. I reckon we tried to sign him in Jan and thought, no, we're never going to finish this thing, so you'll have to come in August. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, what do you make of that, Reese? I think uh, obviously we've touched on on it already, but yeah, I make James right about the fee. 30 million quid or 29.8, I think it is. Um, yeah, young, vibrant, decent player. Was I fairly regular at Chelsea, wasn't he, uh, last season? I know Tuchel's come in and... And he's sort of seen less game time under him. But he was he was class at Chelsea, wasn't he, under Lampard? And dangerous yeah. going forward. It seems like an absolute blinding bit of business. I'm I'm quite surprised. Not not you know, obviously I don't know what happens, but I'm surprised Chelsea have done business with us as well. If you know what I mean, I, I thought they'd certainly move him abroad or anything like that if he was available. So for that money, it's the problem you said about the market earlier, Jones. He was that if you dip into the Championship or anywhere. In Prem, if they're not of a British sort of nationality, you're straight away talking 40 million. Mm. You know, and I think that's the problem. That That's the problem with the centre forward. If you wanted to get someone back up to Antonio from over here, you know, they're talking about the lad from Blackburn. He was always 
on the radar, wasn't he, at the end of last season? Adam Armstrong, yeah. Southampton, didn't he? So he'll probably score next week. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's that for once, it's nice. If it does pan out nice, resume that we pay good money, we haven't been hauled over the coals for it. And, you know, I, I'm more than happy as a club that we've paid that sort of money for it. Um, Blessage, I, again, you know, I mentioned it earlier about not knowing a lot about him. He was Don't very say that, James. James is watching on YouTube, <laughs> Reese. We're fine. I can assure you, Reese, he's, he's good. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Although, I did read earlier that apparently it takes a good free kick and a good penalty. So, that people does. who do that who know my Sunday league sort of attributes, that he, he can be a star. <laughs> so, uh, he's you know, a yeah, Croatian Reese Bayless, is he? Yeah, obviously, we've obviously got Croatian links from over the years. So, you know, hopefully he's spoken to a few ex-players, maybe Slav, um, you know, and we'll give him, we'll give him yeah, yeah, and we'll give him as much chance as he, uh, as he sort of can have. To be yeah, so. it's, it's good stuff. Man. And uh, look, I think we've done, we've done the positive bit. Definitely. Uh, do you think Jonesy that it's petulant or I don't know what the word is, petulant or ungrateful or whatever? to still be calling for more? Or do you think that's just because we're desperate for West Ham to compete on all fronts this season? Because I am delighted and I and I was semi-joking, but I think because I had a genuine fear and semi-expectation that we were going to get no one and we were going to have the vitriol on Twitter and we were going to end up having to do a negative podcast because it was stuff that needed to be said. We did need to make these signings. Simon Jordan made an excellent point on Talk Sport today, and Jim White was was sort of doing as usual and trying to bang the trumpet, trump, uh, bang the drum, excuse me, didn't bang the trumpet. I don't know anyone who's ever banged the trumpet, but he uh, was banging the drum about, you know, oh, what great signings these are, and we've just done the same. They are brilliant signings. And Simon Jordan went, yeah, but they're doing what owners of clubs who have said they want to regularly be, they're going to be regularly in the top six. They're doing what owners of clubs who've said that have to do. So let's just, yeah, it's good. It is good business. It seems like good business. Well done. But it's not. It's nothing over and above what the fans deserve or what backup promises they've made to the fans in the past, is it? So, you know, uh, and on that note, Jonesy, uh, me sort of the little feeling in me that goes, that is brilliant, a little bit concerned it's not quite enough or it's not enough to be perfect put it that way what what do you make of of that because that is a underlying feeling i've got but does not take away from the what i think is excellent business particularly if we get crawl yeah I, I can see where you're coming from i think it's only natural to have that feeling when as we've already established there isn't a striker that's come in the football club now, Vlasic might be out to play there since january since, since january um bowen might be out to play there um so, yeah, we might have options, but we haven't signed an out-and-out striker in this window or the last window. Mm. And I think that's probably... I mean, I do feel... Although we have done really, really good business, particularly over the last 72 hours or so, but it'd feel a lot better if we did have just a, a proper natural goal like, striker in there, just so like, we know that we've got that natural striker as backup rather than having to hope that David Moyes can work his magic again. Hmm. With a player and adapting his position, um, like 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 Devon Outovich before, um, and making that work. Uh, I've uh, but if David Moyes is happy with what the business he's done and that's it, 
after crowd, then as I've already said, I absolutely have 100% faith in him um, and, and the business he's done because there isn't a single transfer he's made that he's got wrong since he came back to the club. And so he deserves all the all the trust and faith from the fans to, to have got it right. Uh, and then you know it's only what three months until the next next window opens, and we can we can do this all over again and moan come the end of January when a, a striker still hasn't been signed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, you're right, mate. And I think to be honest, on that on that note, David Moyes definitely deserves our patience now. But he also he's also due a duffer. If if one of them doesn't go right, that's okay yeah. as well. And he's due a bit of slack if if one of these players doesn't work out. Um, particularly with Zoom, I'd be surprised if that happens. Due, if Vlasic doesn't work, we are due one of those. Go by on. the way. This is very unlike West Ham. You're talking about we're due one of those. We've just got rid of Haller and Anderson. We can't be due another one for about five very, years. It's very unlike West Ham to have just a, a just a consistent run of just very very good additions to the squad. <laughs> um, like it's been like it's what eight or nine in a row now. I mean, we're, we're due. We're due a dud soon. <laughs> maybe that is true mate um right lads just uh before we sort of we sort of wrap the wrap this up there uh, we'll, we'll go as well on the outgoings of course me paul de becco's uh extended his deal by year and gone out to huddersfield on loan which is a, again positive business by the club mm-hmm. uh giving him room to develop and also enabling by extending his uh deal beyond next season so he currently now has two years left on his deal um going out to Huddersfield on loan for next season. Basically, if he makes it, and but he's not quite good enough for West Ham, we guarantee ourselves a bit of money. Or if not, we've, we can bring him back in for a year and then see how he gets on in the team. So good business there. Uh, I think Connor Coventry to Peter Bryce, that That is confirmed, James, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, it's confirmed. He went a couple of hours ago, that was announced. So yeah, he's he's gone to Peterborough. Yeah, that was, uh, again, on that one... I think I'd have quite liked to have seen him involved this season. He's looked decent in pre-season. He looked good coming on in the in the cups, the league cup. I'd have liked to have seen that perhaps. But again, you know, if 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 game time's what Moyes thinks, do you are you sort of on the same page as me, lads, on that one? He he did say that he was um, that he wanted to give him regular game time by sending yeah. him out on loan if he couldn't find cover. Yeah, um, it looks like he's got cover with Crow. Um, but the the two the big thing about these two loan deals is that they've included um, an option to 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 cut the loan deal short in January. Yes, January Blake again. That's excellent business, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, both both of them. So you know, if we are short or they do have blinders and we think, yeah, we can bring them in for the second half of the season, then we can do that. Um, and that's, I mean, we never do that, do we? So yeah, it's good good to see. Yeah, I, I definitely credit where it's due on uh, those two because we've said enough negative things on the podcast as everyone has um, when negative things are there to be said but make sure we say the positives as well they sound like good business lads uh, the Jesse Lingard deal I don't think I've never really felt that he was coming back James I heard you on TalkSport 2 on Tuesday morning saying that you know about him coming home and all that sort of thing Jesse Lingard uh, words to that effect mate I remember cringing whatever it was you said <laughs> but uh Reese the Vlasic signing as good as kills out I think Solskjaer's been sort of making noise that he wants to stay I understand sort of Lingard I heard it on talk sport Jim White said that a member of his family was appealing to him to stay in Manchester and that Lingard took that into account so that's not me saying that. that's from Jim White uh, on talk sport, I heard that. Um, but the general consensus, sort of my understanding of it, is that 
um, Lingard was, he was neither here nor there, really. He enjoyed himself at West Ham last season. He also loves Manchester United. He's on £140,000 a week. He's got a year left on that deal at Manchester United. He was sort of in a position where he didn't really have to or feel the need to pin his flag to a mast. And he was quite happy to let United decide. And it just sort of seems that as things have developed that he's going to be staying put and West Ham not wanting to be caught cold. Didn't want to rely on it too much. I've gone out and gone and got Vlasic, which is good. How do you see that Lingard situation and what are you sort of left feeling after it looks like, you know, we won't be getting him back? Um, you know, obviously the time he had at us was was superb. I'm a bit of a believer that I think if he'd actually made the Euro squad, full squad, I think that may have given him a bit more of a chance to sign for us. To think that he actually made it. Yeah, I do. I do believe that. Um, I'm not saying because he was cut, that was it. He's like, you know, I'm not signing for West Ham. But I think it was one of them things, the more it was dragging out, you know, if there was a deal to be done, I think it should have been done as soon as possible, you know, after that last, uh, the last game of the season. But my only thing with it, I'd, I'd love to have him back. I thought it was brilliant for us. Where does it put, say, Ben Rama? Um, would no, Lingard totally straight back into the starting eleven? You know, so he obviously wasn't, he's a Manchester lad, you know, he's playing with great players up there. He might be happy to try and force his way into the team. So, you know, you've obviously got January, that could still happen. Um, I don't think he'll ever go on a free transfer. I do think he'll sign a new deal at Man United, even if it's a one year, because they might have thought there might have been a lot more interest around him to get a, to get a few quid. So, um I'm disappointed he hasn't come back, but, you know, we've only got to look back and thank him what he'd done. And again, we have seen that over the years. So, you know, it's, it's time to move on and hopefully we'll be looking back going, you know, we didn't need him. Yeah, uh, totally. And I generally do feel like that. Ben Rama's performances so far, I loved him when he was here, but it would have been different if he was coming out saying, I really want to go back to West Ham, West Ham's where I want to be. And then it hadn't come to fruition. He'd have thought, oh, that's a shame. But he, you know, he obviously enjoyed himself. He wasn't desperate to come back and play. Ben Rama is desperate to make an uh, impact on West Ham, and we're seeing that in his performances. Bought him Vlasic. Hopefully, he can be decent backup and maybe even work his way into the team. But I don't think West Ham are a particularly weaker side um, without Lingard now, so that's no problem, lads. Before we wrap up uh, this one, Nicholas Tagliafico is a left back from Ajax. We were interested, then we weren't about a 12 million quid deal, Argentine. Uh, I understand that his agent was touting him around uh, lots of different places in Europe. So, and West Ham sort of backed off of that. I think the Athletic reported this morning or yesterday um, saying that, you know, West Ham were interested for a bit and then they weren't. That seemed like an odd one because of Aaron Cresswell. Um, but just to wrap this section up, an interesting take I've heard. Uh, this week, or especially as the West Ham have kicked themselves into action transfer-wise. Pi Capital, uh, we obviously had Tony Cotty on for a couple of podcasts recently. Um, they came out and released a statement that said, while the transfer, until the transfer window's done, we're going to keep quiet in order to let the club do any business they might need to do. Um, but we're still intent on doing our deal afterwards. 
that we'll cover that when it comes up no doubt it's probably a, a chat for another another week that because nothing much has really happened since we had tony on on that side of things other than that statement a thought process or a train of thought that pi capital's existence and this bid has put a rocket up uh, the backsides of west ham's owners particularly if they're not willing to sell in that well you know we need to do a bit here um what what do you make reese i'll go to you first what do you make of that thought process that perhaps whether or not it comes off or not just the existence of pi capital's bid uh has given gold sullivan and and brady particularly david sullivan a, a kick up the backside uh i don't to be honest mate i don't think it has um i think the players that we've we've ended up getting i know it has been late of, of obviously Moyes signings but you know i've read it i think it was last week or before and someone said you wouldn't you know you wouldn't spend loads of money on your house if you're going to sell it if you you know if it's already sold sort of thing so um i just think that they needed to put some investment in um yeah there probably will be pressure um but listening to obviously tony cotty's podcast on here with you and all the outside bits I don't think it's fully firm that everyone's going to be behind this bid. Mm. So, you know, I think it's probably, hopefully we've ended up with a good window. And then if there is some news to come with with the takeover, then, you know, hopefully it'll be even better news. Yeah. Jonesy, sort of same thought process there, or do you think there's any legs in in what I said originally? No, no, I agree with Reese. I don't think... Um, I think you're talking out of your backside, Will, actually. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, mate. No, I, I just think that they were... It was business that, that West Ham and the owners needed to do, regardless of whether there was a takeover bid or not, you know. It's a um, well-known fact. And I can't imagine David Moyes would have accepted the line, oh, sorry, mate, we can't... We're not going to buy any players or... Or, or we're only going to buy players now because someone's trying to buy us um, beforehand, but not. So... I don't think there's much in it. I think it was just whether they were being a little bit slow to the to the action, um, and now they've they finally got their deals done, or whether it's just these deals have just taken longer than than anticipated. Um, I don't know, but I don't think the takeover tool's got anything to do with it. No, fair enough, fair enough, mate. Well, look, lads, it's it's been positive stuff so far. Uh, not perfect, I don't think, because I think there would be certainly room for one or two more additions. It's only eight o'clock on Tuesday night as we record this, so uh, by the time you hear us, we may have signed another two or three, and we're definitely going to win the Europa League then. But certainly, as I think so many fans' expectations were so low, the business we have done, both incoming and outgoing, uh, with the guys, the young, promising lads heading out on loan. All pretty positive stuff. Uh, so just quickly, I'm going to go 8 out of 10. Uh, quick rating, as we call it at the moment, 8 o'clock on Tuesday night for the window. So far, Reese, uh, A strong 7. Strong 7. Jonesy, decimal points are allowed. All right. Uh, <laughs> seven point, seven point six. 7.6. All right, then. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, positive stuff all round. Anyway, lads, uh, fingers crossed we get to see those players in action in the, on that Southampton game. And, uh, yeah, we get one or two more, particularly Alex Kroll, over by the end of tonight. Great stuff and more exciting news. Uh, the West Ham women's season kicks off on Sunday, away to Brighton. And we'll talk about that with Catherine Batt, sports journalist from the Daily Mail, next. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
So exciting time for the West Ham men's team after that transfer business that we just discussed there. And uh, another part of the club, of course, important part of the club that we've been covering uh, for a while now on this podcast, did the whole of last season and a little bit of the season before is, of course, the West Ham women. I'm delighted to say that joining us for our first West Ham women's section of the season is friend of the podcast, uh, Catherine Batt, sports journalist from the Daily Mail and WSL expert and all round good guy. Catherine, it's nice to see you again. Welcome back for the new season. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's exciting stuff this year for the West Ham women. Uh, me and you were chatting the other day. I was fortunate enough to get a sit down with Ollie Harder, the West Ham women manager, a few weeks ago for a piece I did for work. As always, check out at William underscore West Ham or my Twitter at William Pugh underscore if you want to have a read of that. Um, not you, Catherine, by the way. Uh, that was just for everyone. You're welcome to check out my Twitter, of course. I've already read it. And, and I was really excited, to be honest. Beforehand, I was a little bit apprehensive about what I was going to expect. But he's he's a really great guy. He obviously cares about what he does. He thinks deeply. Um, and he's, he's very, like, holistic, that sort of thing. It's like a broad approach. It's important, the values of his players. Uh, there's been a big turnover of players already. But, um, yeah, first of all, just initial thoughts. What, what, are you sort of, what are your thoughts for West Ham women this season before we get into the nitty-gritty? Yeah, it's, it is an exciting time because obviously when Ali Harder came in, we'd heard a lot about him and, and the success he'd had abroad and him kind of trying to play this maybe a little bit more exciting style of football. Um, but when he came into West Ham, he found himself in a relegation battle and, and just really needed to pick up points and results. So that kind of went out the window a little bit. I think he tried to implement it at first and then kind of had to accept it was just a case of getting points on the board. But now obviously he's had the summer um, bring his own players in and, and can really kind of put his stamp on the team and, and put his stamp on the division as well. So it will be interesting to see how much of a shift um, there is this season in terms of the way West Ham set up and the way they approach games. Yeah, I mean, the I was quite surprised, to be honest. I found him quite intense and it was only having sat down with him. When you look at the stats, like we mentioned... They were they were quite brutal at first. It took him seven games, I think, seven WSL games for his first win. Uh, and that was the only one he got by the end of the season on, on after 15 games, I think it was, that he's had so far. Uh, but there's been some, some ins and outs so far, quite a, a big turnover of players. The outs I'm most sort of uh, interested in, and he, he made a point when he was talking to me, um, that he looks for a lot of humility in the players and he wants players working for each other and the way they treat each other is is important. And he was talking a lot about, you know, a team game and, and a team ethos. And it might be things you hear from from players usually, but the main sort of uh, departures we've had, Maz Pacheco has gone to Aston Villa and I've lost count of the times, Catherine, that I've watched uh, the games live or highlights of games last season and West Ham conceded from from that left-hand side of their defence was time and time again. So that was one I was quite delighted to see that Maz has left. Uh, Cho So Hyun's obviously gone to Spurs. All these are from the end of last season. Alicia Lehman gone to Aston Villa. Kenza Daly was released. And Martha Thomas gone to Man United, which was the only one, frankly, that I was really upset about. Would it be fair to say that Alicia Lehman, Kenza Daly, they, they sort of arrived at the club as these big stars 
uh, Chose Hune, obviously the the FA Cup hero uh, for West Ham previously. But would it be fair to say that have, have left the club given the ethos that Oli Hard is trying to implement? Yeah, and I mean obviously Lehman didn't play under him. Um, I don't think last season because she left on loan to go to Everton. So. Never, I don't know whether it was a case of mm. she was never really part of his plans or didn't fit his style or whether she just wanted a clean clean break completely. But I, I wasn't surprised to see her leave. Kenza Daly, again, you know, she's been there a while. I think it's probably the right time for her to move on. I think um, she'd maybe, the, the, her and the club were maybe going separate ways. And I think she'd maybe become a little bit frustrated under the previous regime um, and probably needed a clean break. And um, Martha Thomas, yeah, that, that one was a surprise. Um because I think we've sort of said before how much potential she's got. Um, and, and obviously she's going to Man United. I think she was a player that Casey Stoney really rated highly. Um, and clearly, obviously, Casey Stoney is gone, but United have maybe were going to sign her whether Stoney stayed and whether she left or not. Um, and because the contracts are so so small in, um, and short in women's football, obviously her contract ended and she was free free to leave. So it wasn't as if she, you know, she'd signed a long-term contract and you could kind of... Um, keep her on, you know, demand some sort of fee. Um, so it was a shame to see her go. But again, she kind of had a bit of a mixed time of it. I know she scored a few goals towards the end of last season, but she was one of the yeah. ones that seemed to go for confidence um, during the difficult times last season. Um, but I, I think, to be fair, there are some exciting names that have come in as well. So hopefully the, the players that have left quite a lot of them attacking, attacking players they, um, won't be missed too too much with the players that have come in. Catherine, you mentioned there the exciting incomings. Um, I mean, I, I remember looking at earlier in the summer and thinking it, quite quite a few of those outgoings happened before any incomings came in. It looked like there was a bit of a player exodus, but um, there's been some really, really exciting names come in. Based on that, um, what, what what are the club's season expectations? What should we, what should fans expect to see from this new look West Ham team? It's a difficult one because it's it's probably unrealistic to say, you know, challenge for that top five, top four. Um, obviously, you've got the the steady top three of Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, which will be difficult for any team to break. But the ones that have got the best chance of doing that are obviously Man United and Everton. And then for West Ham, it's really about kind of finishing in that middle bracket, being, you know, not getting dragged into a relegation battle um, and trying to sort of compete with the likes of Reading and maybe Brighton, who might sort of hang around the fifth, sixth mark. If West Ham could finish fifth, I think that'd be a fantastic season for them and, you know, maybe progress in one of the cup competitions. Definitely target the um, the League Cup, the Conti Cup, because that that's one that sometimes the big clubs don't always rate as highly. Um, I know Chelsea won it last year, but um, they'll obviously have bigger priorities this season. So that's definitely one to target. And I think West Ham did make um, the semi-finals of that last season. Um, mm. So that's yeah, that's what we're trying and um, progressing this this year. And yeah, I mean, this, they can compete with Everton. I just think the way Everton have kind of progressed, being fifth the last two um, seasons, and not being too far off United, I think they've probably got the better chance of actually <laughs> breaking into the top four. You know, trying to maybe challenge the top three. But there's no reason why West Ham can't you know finish fifth or sixth, and that would probably be an improvement on on last year. Mm. Catherine, uh, James mentioned the the incomings there. I just want to throw some names at you. Uh, I'll list them off so anyone 
listening knows. Claudia Walker has arrived from Birmingham. The striker, Brooke Cairns, uh, former Everton and Liverpool player, has arrived. Grace Garrett left Arsenal in the summer. Yui Hasegawa from AC Milan, Japanese international attacking midfielder. Lisa Evans has arrived on loan. Uh, from Arsenal, the wingbacks who can play midfield as well, Scottish of course. Uh, New Zealand goalkeeper Anna Leet from Oli Harder's homeland, a 20-year-old, played in the Olympics over the summer. Lucy Parker, who was actually drafted by Kansas City in America in January. She came through the Arsenal Academy, but she's opted to leave America and uh, give it a crack at West Ham. She's a defender. Abby Lee Stringer, the 26-year-old midfielder uh, has arrived from Everton. Zanetta Wine, 30-year-old midfielder from Glasgow City. Mel Phyllis, um, 18-year-old from London Bees, who plays in midfield. And another exciting addition is to Ollie Harder's staff, Brian Tompkins, Sidney Kavanagh and Lucy Barnes have joined. Brian Tompkins comes. Uh, Ollie, I believe, met him during his time in the States. Uh, so they join up with uh, Paul Konchesky, who's obviously the assistant manager, and Ollie, Ollie leading the way. Out of those names I've thrown at you there, Catherine, which ones jump out at you as, you know, exciting and, and ones that West Ham women fans should be should be excited to see and, and you know, would have the biggest impact on the on the team and the results, hopefully? Well, Lisa Evans was one that um, did kind of shock me a little bit when I saw it. It was just sort of one of those, oh, you know, I wasn't really expecting that because before she picked up her injury, she was, you know, pr pretty much a regular in the Arsenal team. And I think um, because she actually plays sort of left-sided, left-back, left-wing, while she was injured, Katie McCabe's kind of become a left-wing-back, left, left, wing back, left, left winger. She's sort of reconverted herself and has been playing really, really well. So... Um, that's obviously, you know, she's found herself maybe a little bit further down the pecking order, but was a very good player for Arsenal. And I think she will bring a lot of experience for West Ham. Um, as you say, can play left back, can also play on the left wing, good going forward, um, good coming back. I, I think I'm right in saying she might take free kicks. I might have made that up, but I'm sure I've seen her take a few in the past. Um, Claudia Walker's the other one because she's essentially coming in to replace Martha Thomas as, you know, as the main centre forward. And I think... She's the only kind of striker um, that has been signed this summer. Um, she did well for Birmingham last year, scored about five goals, I think, um, in a team that was, you know, really struggling at the bottom and a team that didn't, you know, always create many opportunities. So um, she should thrive um, with the creative midfielders that are coming into the, the team as well. But those those two are the ones that stood out. But um, obviously the players that come from abroad, it's always harder to know how they will, you know, how they'll fit into the WSL because the demands are, are slightly different to to the leagues abroad. Hmm. We Brighton away is the first game of the WSL season that kicks off on Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. Uh, there is a new pitch, by the way. Oli Harder was keen to stress to me that um, there's a new pitch been laid at the Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, stadium where the West Ham girls obviously play their home games. He said, uh, yeah, we're not going to be playing in a field anymore, in a ploughed field. So uh, that's exciting stuff. So, yeah, me and the boys are definitely going to be getting down there a few uh, times this season. I hope that our listeners will, of course, as well. Uh, but this Brighton game on Sunday, Catherine, sort of rivals last season in that, that mini league that I've talked about for so long in the middle of the WSL. Um, how do you see that game going? It's difficult because Brighton are possibly the most unpredictable team in the WSL. Um, yeah. 
very well organised in the Hope Did Power. They beat Chelsea last season and their ridiculous run. Yeah, they were the only team to beat Chelsea last season. Um, nobody else managed to beat them. They beat them at home as well, at Kings Meadow. Um, they, you know, they've been on a long and beaten run, but they're luck. They're a beaten run at Kings Meadow, stretched back even further. And they just sort of not randomly, but was was a very big surprise when they when they beat Chelsea. But then, I think a couple of weeks later or a few weeks later, went and lost four one to Bristol City, who were rock bottom yeah. of the table, and just made absolutely no sense. Um, they are they are well organised under Hope Powell, I think. They maybe had a couple of injury problems when they've um, when they were, when they were beaten in that match by Bristol, and I think they had a player sent off. But um, they're hard to break down. Like I say, they can go to you know go to the top teams and, and give them a give them a battle. Um, they have made some fairly interesting signings. Winzola Babajide on loan from Liverpool is is you know um, was Liverpool's best player for the last couple of seasons. Um, very quick forward, and they also signed Dan Carter from. Reading, who I think was the first time they paid a fee for a player, so they've clearly got ambitions as well. But you know, as we say, it is that mini league, and that they've got a really kind of West Ham have got to go into that thinking that's these are the, these are the games we have to win if you know if we want to kind of push on. Um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see which which team kind of goes for it more, whether it's West Ham that take the game to Brighton, whether it's Brighton coming out of their shells a little bit more. But I wouldn't be surprised if if Brighton kind of set up and maybe play on the on the couch a little bit. Absolutely. Well, look, I mean, fingers crossed that this season is the one that the West Ham women finally deliver on the promise that uh, at the beginning of last yeah. season, it, it felt it was exciting. And it just, uh, I think the fall from grace, that's why it hurt so more because it felt like they could do something special last season. But I certainly feel good about it. Just what can, what can fans expect if they listen to the podcast and they haven't watched um, West Ham women in the past or uh, regular supporters of the team who listen to the pod. Um, and like you said, aren't sure what, what can they expect from Ollie Harder and his style of play this season? He wasn't able to, to, to show off if you like, or show what he's about last year. Cause it was just about staying up. They managed to do that. He's had a whole preseason, bought some players in, in his own mold. What can, new or old fans of the West Ham women team expect this season? Well, he's one of those managers that, you know, very much likes play out from the back, kind of, you know, that, that passing style of football, um, taking the, you know, the pressing style. He spoke a lot about pressing when he had his first press conference, um, that, that kind of style of play that's become a lot more popular in recent years, which obviously was sort of the opposite to how Matt Beard kind of used to set the team up. So I think that the two kind of systems probably clashed. Um, you know, the players were probably used to playing a certain way under Matt Beard and then Ollie coming in, trying to stamp his new philosophy on the team um, probably clashed a little bit. But yeah, I think I mean, he'll, he'll try and play exciting football. As you say, some exciting players coming into the team. So hopefully there'll be a lot of goals. Um, hopefully they won't concede from the left as much anymore. And um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully it'll just be, you know, exciting football to watch. I think, I don't think, as you say, they might not win every game, but as long as, you know, they're playing a nice brand of football and, you know, it, it's not kind of dire to watch, then then obviously that'd be good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Catherine, we're delighted that you've uh, agreed to come back and, and join us. For our first West Ham women's segment of the season, do not fear, we will be calling you up again regularly to come and give us your insight. And obviously worth noting for for fans and listeners to the podcast, if they haven't before, they will have the opportunity to watch far more of not just the West Ham women, but women's football in general this season with the WSL games being broadcast live on Sky, which is an absolutely huge uh, move for the game. Are you excited for that? 
Catherine, make sure job a bit easier, no doubt as well. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's great to see the, the game kind of on the big channels and, and getting more of an audience, having more games on there. And also just seeing a bit more analysis because we're, we're quite used to seeing sort of a brief highlight show of the goals and it was, you know, that's that's it. Um, you know, actually can kind of get them broken down a little bit more. And, and it just makes it a, more available to, to you know, a, bit, a bigger audience. So, yeah, it's, it's great to see it um, on, on the big screen, as, as to say. Absolutely. Well, Catherine Batt, you are a legend sports journalist and WSL expert from Daily Mail. Thanks for coming on for the first West Ham women segment of the season. It's exciting times for the girls, exciting times for fans. We'll be getting down there. and We hope everyone listening uh, gives the girls their full support, tunes in and gets down to the uh, to the games at Dagenham this season as well. Stay with us because next up we've got a bonus quiz. So, Catherine Batt there, Daily Mail journalist and WSL expert, talking about the West Ham women season coming up. And I'm excited. I am excited. I know we were full of it last season, James, but I think it just feels different. Oli Hard has had a bit of time with the players. Um, I met him, of course, as I mentioned, over the summer. Um, and he just filled me with positive vibes made a lot of signings a big turnover again which i think is more typical in the wsl um than it is in in men's football and and again the league's on sky this season uh, i fancy there to be improvements on the west end women's side thing so lads we are of course working on the final format for the long form quiz this season we've we've come into the season at 100 miles an hour so we're still yet to to nail that down but i thought i'd do a quick little transfer related one uh, for the two of you, just uh, this little part six while we've got a gap in the in the schedule this week. So what I want from you, we're going to go one at a time. Uh, as we've signed, West Ham United have signed Kurt Zuma this week for nearly thirty million pounds. Uh, West Ham have only have not had loads of French players in their time. So what I want you one each from each of you, um, and you basically keep going until you run out. Uh, West Ham players. French ones since 1998. Uh, oh. There's not there's not loads of them since 1998. Uh, so I'm going to give Reese. I'm going to let you kick off first as you're new to the podcast. Uh, it can be any any West Ham player, uh, not including Alphonse Areola and Kurt Zuma, who've just signed. Uh, but French West Ham players um, from 1990. Yeah, sorry, 1997. Onwards. So, Risa, I'm going to let you go first in any order, any player that West Ham had who's French in that time. I'll start with one from that uh, 97, 98 season, Mark Keller. Uh, Mark Keller, that is correct. That's one point to Reese. Uh, James? Sebastian Schemmel. Sebastian Schemmel is correct. That is one all, Reese. It throws back to you. Ooh. Uh, Bernard Lama? Bernard Lama is correct. Yeah, 97 to 98 from PSG. Uh, James Jones. It's a Diop. Uh, it's a Diop is correct. Very, very recent there. I like it. That is two all. Reese. Payet. Dimitri Payet, of course. No, absolute no brainer. 3 2 to Reese Bayless. James Jones, please. Oh, Alu Diara. Alu Diara. Is he on my list? Yes, he is. Yeah, from Olympic Marseille, as well as Dimitri Payet. Uh, Reese Bayliss, please. The score's at three all. I'm going to take a bit of a guess and say uh, Ali Adier. Oh, 
Jeremy Elliott, yeah, <laughs> yes, 2005, 2006 from Arsenal. 4 3 to Reese Bayliss, James Jones. Oh, I had one in my mind, but I'm, I'm almost sure he's not French, but he's French speaking. There's a few absolute screamers here at the moment. Oh, no, he definitely won't French. No. This is, um, <laughs> definitely won't French. De Canio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking of Diafra Sacco, but he weren't French, was he? No, he was not French, unfortunately. Um, oh. Might have to put might have to put a ten second timer on you, I'm afraid, James. Go on, Ed. There's some well obvious ones here. You've got five seconds to give me a French West Ham player since nineteen ninety seven. I'm gonna be so annoyed with myself, I know I am. Yeah, okay. No, 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 Reese, back to you. Four three to Reese at the moment. You've still got chance, James, to get your, your brain working there. Did you say well obvious? There's a few, yeah. There's a few screamingly um, obvious ones. I don't know whether he was French. What about Samasia Boo? Samasia Boo, that is correct. No well way. Reece Bayliss goes five three. Yeah, that is an absolutely great shout. Um, came from AS Cans before us, 97, 98 season. Well played, Reese five three. James Jones, how's your how's your mind treating you since then? How about Yusuf Sofian? Oh, there we go. What a shout that is. Well played, James Jones. Brings it back to five for Reese Bayliss. Uh, didn't we have 2003 a Cissé? Is it Edouard Cissé? Edouard Cissé, that is correct. Yeah, 6 4 to Reese Bayliss. Lads, I'm pretty impressed so far. You've got 10. There's a few more that you will get, so we'll keep going. James Jones, 6 4 down at the moment. French West Ham players from 1997. Hmm. You'll kick yourself or you'll look kick yourself. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, I know I'm going to be so annoyed with myself. He was Italian. <laughs> I think it was Dean He was Italian, wasn't he? Diamante. Diamante. Oh, he was Italian as well. You sure we're not doing Italians? Yeah. Right. You got. I'm going to give you a 10 second marker, Jonesy. So 10 seconds from now. There's people at home screaming at you, Jones. Yeah, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. No, right, come there's back your 10. Throws back to Reese Bayliss, who's 6-4 up now. Commanding lead so far. Reese, who have you got? Didn't we have? Didn't we have? I don't know whether he was French. I don't even think he played. Oh, he played about five minutes. Is it Sebastian <laughs> Carroll? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm afraid Sebastian Carroll is not on my list, uh, Reese. So, I mean, if you pull me up on that afterwards, then uh, you'll have to forgive me, but he's not on my list at the moment. So, James, uh, throws back to you. We'll do first to 10 if we can get there um, on this one to determine the winner. There's been that many, is it? Yeah, there's been a few. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a few on here you'll kick yourself for. Yeah, nah. Oh, we'll scrap. We'll do first to eight then. As you're six four down, Jonesy. I'm pretty sure this is wrong, but I'm going to say it. Is, is Marwan Shamak? Marwan Shamak is not. I believe it's Moroccan. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Right, Reese, have you got any more? Otherwise, we'll we'll wrap this up and I'll read out a few of the obvious ones. Um, where was uh, Freddie Picky on from? 
Freddie Picion. That is a good guess, actually, but he was not French. He's uh, he's certainly not on my on my list here. But um, I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, hazard a guess at where Picion was from. I don't want to upset or offend anyone. But um, yeah, it's, <laughs> according to my list, he wasn't French. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you both uh, initials. See if we can get to eight points. Uh, James, I'll give you one first, uh, and I'm going to go. Uh, D.B. David Bellion. Ah, David yeah. Bellion is correct. Reese throws over to you. L.C. Laurent Courtois. Of course, it's Shout Laurent Courtois. Yeah. <laughs> Legend. Um, you some someone said Shem already, didn't they? Uh, has any? Yeah, someone said Sofiane. Uh, we've done him. We've done him with the M.A. James Jones. Oh. M.A. Yeah. This is a bit of a rogue one. Been on a oh. rogue mystery players quiz before. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Reese wondering whether he doesn't even look like Reese knows it. No, I don't think he has. Name doesn't no. sound French. Has played for other English club. Zzz, maybe. Nah. No. Reese, you got it, MA? 14-15. Was that Marseille before us? Oh, Morgan and That's it. Yeah, Morgan, Morgan and Malfitano. And the final, uh, there's there's two left, actually. Uh, P.E., James? One of my favourite subjects at school. Um, <laughs> P.E. Oh, I'll oh. throw this one to the floor. Whoever gets there first. Nah. Nah. Season? Uh, season... 18, 2018, February to May, was there? Oh, Patrick Severa. Yeah, and I was just going to say, he was crap. Uh, <laughs> and the final one, um, SN. Samir Nasri. Samir Nasri, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you also could have had uh, Christian Basila, uh, Mohamed Berthay, David Terrier, uh, and Seku Baraji. Um, all the players I've never ever heard of, but yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Kurt Zuma and Alphonse <laughs> Ariola are a damn sight more successful than uh, <laughs> lots of those names uh, that we read out then. But if they can gain just as much cult hero status, then happy days. That is pretty much it for the podcast tonight. But stay with us because we'll have some final thoughts and we'll say goodbye next. <laughs> So there we go. What a quiz that was. That won't be the one for the rest of the season. And if you're wondering where um, where it is, rest assured, we are working on it and we'll have something for you uh, very soon. But we want to make sure we get it right rather than rushing in. Um, but yeah, that one was, was pretty decent. French footballers. We might just do that. Maybe I'll just pick a nationality each week, a random country in the globe out of a hat. And you two have got a name, players who, uh, who came from there. Might get a bit Enjoy tough it. when we get pa- Papua New Guinea or... <laughs> something like that but um yeah good stuff good victory on that one uh from reese anyway well played james jones and as if as if the football gods were smiling upon us or as if the powers that be at west ham knew that we were coming to the end of the podcast record west ham have confirmed the signing of alex Kroll, have they not what can you tell us 
about the, uh, the the latest transfer and the latest arrival at West Ham United FC ahead of our Europa League campaign. Well, it's, it's just been announced. It is a loan deal. Um, they they announced it because they're on international duty, aren't they? The um, Suchek, Sufau, and now Crow. Um, the 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 video is very cringy of all three of them standing there in their Czech training gear. <laughs> Thomas Suchek going, I want to introduce you to someone, and then uh, Vlad. Vladimir Sufal goes, oh, welcome, <laughs> to, welcome to the club, Alex. And then he goes, thank you, guys. And then he'll do the crossed hammers. And it's all a little bit... It sounds but, um, cute, though. It uh, I mean, it's cute. cute, yeah. And it's yeah, it's lovely. I mean, like th- three best friends that the world could ever have all, all kind of the same <laughs> club together. Um, and obviously... Videos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, they've used hashtag checkmates, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, if, if, if they've not used it enough already, so um, but it's good. It's a good signing. I'm happy with it. It's um, probably our last deal to deal the summer, and yeah, as we've already said, happy days. I've just seen the video. See, that's that's well cute. I mean, I haven't put the sound on for obvious reasons, but just watching it without sound, Vladimir Sufal is absolutely adorable. He looks so excited I mean, to be part of it. I mean, he's, he's, he looks happy, at, you know, even at the saddest moments, didn't he? So, um, <laughs> yeah. he's just a happy guy. So, yeah, I mean, I bet he's buzzing true. in training. Isn't so, we got, um, sorry, James, if you covered it already, it's a loan deal, assumed to the end of the season, with an yeah. option to buy or an obligation, because uh, that's when we get a it little is, bit technical. It is, it actually doesn't say, not that I can see. All right, mate. Well, well, we'll be able to find that one out, no doubt. Uh, Reese, what's your immediate reaction to that? Obviously, we've covered it a little bit, but the fact it's signed, sealed, and delivered with uh, you know still a considerable amount of time to go uh, in the window. What what I say, considerable amount of time, few hours. But um, what's your immediate reaction to that? Yeah, good signing. Is anything like the other two boys we've got? If you can settle in quick, obviously help that they're there. Um, don't obviously know how much game time he'll get, but. Yeah, good signing. Absolutely, mate. Um, it, actually Reece, does, it does say with a view to James, making sorry. the move permanent. With a view to making the move permanent. So a view suggests, wouldn't it, that that's, uh, that's very much an, an option. Was Suchek still like that? Yeah. Was that yeah. Uh, very similar the, uh, view to permanent? <laughs> I did see earlier on Tom Clark from Football.London, friend of the show who's been on before, um, suggested that it's... Uh, a very technically worded that it's a view, like you said, view to, but if he hits a certain amount of games, it turns into an obligation. So at the moment it's an option up to a certain amount of games, I believe. Um, But then if he hits a certain amount of games, I don't know that for certain. That was from Tom Clark, football.london. So um, yeah, obviously more, to come out from that. David Moyes says, I'm delighted to welcome Alex to West Ham, provide good competition. Have a young, talented player who we feel has big potential, be capable of adapting to the demands of the Premier League. Yeah, we bought him on loan initially and hopefully over the course of the season he'll make a contribution. Um, yeah, yeah, excellent stuff. Well, look, I mean, that is, that is great news. A great way to end the podcast, lads, as well. And I'm getting good at timing these things properly as well. Uh, so, Reese, I'll, I'll throw to you first. Mate, just some final thoughts on the podcast tonight, on West Ham's transfer business, the game of the weekend, the international break coming up, which I've never been less enthused for, I might add. But um, yeah, just some general final thoughts from you before we say goodbye for another week. Yeah, it's been a great show. Thank you very much. 
Um, you're right about the international break. Hopefully no injuries to any key players. Um, and we can then start off and get ready to prepare for Southampton. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Jonesy, uh, just, just some wrap-up thoughts, summary thoughts from you. Um, yeah, similar thought. Um, been a good window. Been a good start to the season. It's all very positive. Um, as Reese has said, it'll be even more positive if we get through the international break with no injuries and a fresh squad going into September with a kickstart of our Europa League campaign. Absolutely buzzing with that. Um, yeah. It's all very, it's all very weirdly positive at the moment, isn't it, chaps? It's all like, yeah. This is, when like, it's not supposed to last this long, is it? It's great. It's just lovely. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. lovely. Well, look, uh, it's been a brilliant show tonight. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks to uh, James and Reese. As always, exciting times, as James said, and, uh, and a good time to be a West Ham fan. I think I'm beating into the international break, which is brilliant. You can follow us, remember, on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham, on Instagram at we are West Ham Pod. Uh, search we are West Ham Podcast on Facebook. Do the same thing on youtube thanks to any new listeners we've got and any new subscribers to the youtube channel or to the podcast we've uh, had a little bit of a spike in recent weeks some excellent uh, positive feedback to our a uh, couple of interviews with tony cotty so thanks for everyone who got in touch about those uh, lots of the messages put lots of smiles on our faces uh, if you are new subscribe to the podcast give us five stars write us a review uh, more importantly as we say every week just tell your friends about it word of mouth just as important in this modern day age of social media i mean it's another week where i needn't write myself an outro for the podcast because ultimately west ham united are second a little bit annoying that we're second to tottenham but we're unbeaten going into the international break we've scored 10 goals from three games we've made three excellent signings four if you count alphonse Ariola earlier in the season and we've been drawn an absolutely winnable Europa League group. This period right here has got to be the best time to support West Ham that we've had since the last season at Upton Park. I'm in absolutely no doubt about that. There's real reason for excitement and what a difference that makes from seasons and transfer windows and years we've had uh, in the all too recent past. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I hope you can endure the international break. West Ham United are massive. They're second in the Premier League, the Europa League campaign coming up. What a time to be alive. Thanks for listening, everyone. Up the hammers, and we'll see you next week. This podcast was sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. This week's draw, you can win a signed Mikel Antonio shirt complete with frame with an inbuilt TV and LED lights. Tickets are just £7.95 each. Just 99 will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Wednesday, so you have to be quick with this week's one. The draw will be made an hour later live on Football Prizes uh, Facebook page. There's been some fantastic signed pieces so far from Paolo Di Canio, Declan Rice, Vladimir Soufal and Saeed Benrahma, all of those up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Hold up. 
Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.